Did you know that you have to clean your eyes just like you do your teeth? I didn't. That's why we're bringing you this mini bonus episode with Dr. Luke, who joins us once again to talk about all things eyes. From lash serums to magnetic eyelashes, we cover a lot of ground. Get ready to have your eyes opened. You're listening to The Itch, a podcast exploring all things allergy, asthma, and immunology. I have two questions, and they're both kind of selfish questions. The first one is, can you talk a little bit more about hygiene? And the other one is, what do you do when you have blepharitis? First question, so hygiene. So this one's a a term that's actually conned by one of my um, mentors in the dry eye space. So similar to how we brush our teeth and floss our teeth, because there's biofilm that builds up on our teeth, obviously, um, with hygiene, what happens is that because there's buildup on our lash and our lid lining, we tend to want to clean it whether it's a lid wipe or a cleansing foam or an in-office procedure that removes the biofilm, similar to a dental cleaning. But what we're aiming to do is just reduce or remove the biofilm that should not exist on your lid and lash margin. Granted, there always is bacteria and demodex mites that naturally exist. It's the over-accumulation of it that we're trying to prevent because this over-accumulation is what causes the patients the discomfort that they get with either dry eye or blepharitis or other conditions that can cause inflammation around the eyes. This is why it's a selfish question. I have eczema on both my eyelids and I would just like to know how I could clean that and make sure that it stays healthy between flares. And that's very optimistic between flares, but what? how can a patient kind of maintain or what should they do every day or every week to just make sure that their biofilm is not getting out of control? It's really hard or difficult for you to see if it's the eczema that's causing your irritation versus the blepharitis, unless you have a slit lamp at home available. However, I always still do recommend that it's good to keep your lid margin healthy. So if you want recommendations for products specifically, I'm in Canada, so I'm not sure if it's a bit different for where you guys are, but OcuSoft is a really good product I find for patients and it doesn't have that many allergens in it. It's non-scented. ZocuFoam is another one that's very popular as well. It uses actually okra, which is used as an antimicrobial in this product. And it was created by an ophthalmologist down in the States. And it's a very good product for lash extensions as well. There is rosehip oil in the zocufoam. However, it's totally safe. A lot of patients of mine actually are on this product when they have lash extensions for cleaning. Another really cool one is actually called Biosil or it's hypochlorous acid. So this is a product that's actually created naturally by our white blood cells, but it has a very good antimicrobial slash anti-inflammatory component to it. And a lot of patients who tend to have rosacea or eczema tend to find that this is very comfortable for their skin, so it doesn't irritate them, but it does a really good job at cleansing the lid margin as well too. And how often should we cleanse our lid margin? Every day, if possible. However, some patients who are more irritable or if they're using products that contain an antimicrobial like tea tree oil, it might be very irritating to their lid margin. So I would say once every other day or if they can tolerate or if they can't tolerate once every couple of days. And if you do have blepharitis, what do you do to take care of that? Is there something that you can do at home or is it something that your doctor has to help you with? So same idea. It's just maintaining that biofilm. But if you are still finding irritation, if you have issues with cleaning at home, so there's in-office procedures that we can use. Uh, Two devices that I currently use in clinic are, there's one called the Blefex. So essentially there's these little sterile cotton tips or sponge tips that are placed on a device that looks almost like an electric toothbrush. And then we take that under the microscope and we go over the lid margin to actually remove all the biofilm that is there. Another device that is available, it's called New Lids. So this one, it's interesting because there's a professional one where you can do it in office 
but there's also one you can buy for at home. And it also has a sterile tip. It's like a toothbrush head, those electric toothbrush heads. And the patient can actually go home, buy this device and use it on their lid margin themselves to remove biofilm. And they did a study that made sure that it's safe. So then the, because the patient's eyes closed, there's no risk of a corneal liberation. So it's a pretty cool device. And I also want to quickly talk about the lash serum trends. I know that people that want longer or thicker lashes also, in addition, use lash serums. Can we just quickly talk about that trend and things to be aware of or things to know? 100%. So lash serums are something I see every day in clinic. Everyone wants longer lashes. And so these lash serums help the lashes grow. Problem with these lash serums is if there's an ingredient called prostaglandins or prostaglandin analogs in them. So this is actually a glaucoma medication. And the scientists found that there was a side effect that causes lashes to grow. So it was put into lash serums. The problem with these ingredients is that they cause a condition called prostaglandin-associated periorbitopathy. So this is what we see in a lot of glaucoma patients who have been on their meds for a long period of time. And it causes the skin around the eyes to darken, the actual eye color to darken, irritation like dry eye around their lids, redness of their lids, and it causes loss of periorbital fat. So it gives them almost like a sunken look. And it's the most dramatic when you see a patient who has one eye who's treated with glaucoma versus the other that's not. And so these lash serums contain these prostaglandins in them, which can then cause these unwanted side effects. So it's really something to be mindful of. And the problem is that it doesn't just say prostaglandin or prostaglandin analogs on there. So reading the ingredient list are quite difficult. If you can choose, I always recommend a peptide-based lash serum. But the problem with these lash serums is that the ingredient list can change at any point. So just to make it super easy, instead of recommending brands to patients now, all I say is if you feel irritation when using your lash serum, please discontinue and maybe send your optometrist the ingredient list so they can cross-reference to see if there's something in there. One of the things that I had looked into because I'm an allergic person is the magnetic ones because I thought, okay, they don't have glues and maybe this would be better. But then now I'm just listening to you talk about the weight and things like that. What do you think about those? The magnetic lashes actually haven't really been studied, I think, long enough. We don't know the long-term effects of having a magnet that close to our eyes. Obviously, it's not a strong magnet, but there still is that a magnet that keeps the lash and the glue stuck together. The thing is that I don't know what happens when the magnetic glue or gets into the eyeball itself. So, I mean, it sounds like a great idea, but one thing I have tried as an alternative for some patients or who are listening who want the more dramatic effect, a strip lash at home is always pretty good. There are or allergen-free or more allergy-friendly glues that are available. Or another product is, like I think we mentioned earlier, Lashify. So I did cross-reference that ingredient list in the glues, and it seems pretty good and mild. And this one is a semi-permanent, but not as permanent as lash extensions. They're essentially a strip lash that lasts a couple of days. So you can still get that dramatic look without having to worry about long-term effects. And when in doubt, mascara? Yes. And when in doubt, mascara. <laughs> I think so. And I mean, people could have reactions to the mascara too, but it's much less likely because it's really just going onto the hair and not onto the lid itself. So for makeup products like mascaras, there are a lot that can cause irritation as well, but there are three makeup brands that were created in the eye care space. The three brands you can look out for are Try 2020, Eyes Are the Story, and We Love Eyes, and they have very safe or eye-safe products like mascaras. Awesome. Thank you. Super. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me again. It was so fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. Remember that all information you hear today is for informational purposes only and are not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider. 
And also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have a second, help spread the word by rating our podcast and sharing with your friends and family who might also be interested in learning more about allergies, asthma, and immunology. You can always stay up to date by checking out our Instagram, The Itch Podcast, where you can leave questions you are itching to know, or check out our website, which is www.itchpodcast.com, which contains more information about the subjects we covered in today's episode and every episode. Until next time, have a fabulous week.